Tis the season. It is the fall season, kiddos and kitties. I think kiddos and kitties are the same fucking thing, Snake Man. Uh, no, not back off sabbatical. What am I, a college professor? A college professor with a blazer with elbow patches? With a sweater underneath? A college professor with a long ponytail who fornicates with his female students? Am I him? No. I'm just a mild-mannered Snake Man doing a damage goods podcast for that ass. In the glorious fall season. Well, in L.A., in L.A., the fall, it's a slow one. Still, still kind of basically fucking summer in mid-October. And then it creeps into the fall, but back east, it's fall. It's almost Halloween time, right, dude? My ex's uh, birthday's on Halloween. She was a very sexy, sensual girl, you know, and you always hear a lot of women say they love Halloween's my favorite holiday. It's my favorite holiday. And the assumption, usually by men and some other women who don't like those women, is that they only like Halloween because it's an excuse to dress like a slut and they don't judge you. <sighs> yes, some women may dress in some provocative Halloween costumes. So the fuck what? Let them enjoy that. Uh, the point to that little anecdote was that my ex also liked to dress in such costumes, but she was a very sensual woman. I wonder if that had anything to do with her birthday being on Halloween, Hallow's Eve. But then you know what comes after that, dude. Throw those sexy little skimpy, quote-unquote, slut Halloween costumes deep in the closet. Throw them deep in the closet. Because right after fucking Halloween, you know what's knocking on your door. Thanksgiving. Oh, yes, and you know, it's not all about the pilgrims and the fucking Indians getting together and having a perfect, harmonious little meal. No, because you know that probably ain't happened. So don't worry about what it's really about. It's just about you and your family and your beautiful, lovely family that you love to spend time with, that you travel maybe 3,000 miles and spend all this money just to sit there and eat a lot of food and stuff your fat little faces and get fat so you could never, ever again fit in those skimpy Halloween costumes. <laughs> That's what's coming up. And maybe maybe your family doesn't want to do the quote-unquote traditional Thanksgiving meal this year. So you go to your aunt's house, your auntie's house, and she cooks a pot roast. And you just, God, you just wish you could overdose on the same pills that your cousin's still hooked on there because this is fucking pot roast. And your family's not poor, right? Maybe Let's just say you're middle class for the sake of this fucking podcast. But she wants to do a pot roast. What are you like? We peasants of England, please, sir, give us a pot roast on Thanksgiving. We're starving. No, dude, it's a fucking dry, no flavor in that shit pot roast. And you're just forcing it down your throat. It's like the Seinfeld episode where he has to fake eat the mutton and he's spitting that nasty mutton in the napkins. Dude, that's what you're doing. And on the drive home, you're just begging any God, any God, Jesus, Allah, whoever the fuck will listen, Buddha, just to come upon a, a Chinese restaurant that's open so you can order some fucking general's house chicken just to eat something that tastes better than that dry, flavorless, shitty pot roast simmering in water. That's what you got to look forward to. Yeah. So anyway, happy Mondays, boys and girls and peoples. Damage Goods Podcast, Jake the Snake. Yeah, a uh, couple weeks off, been doing, doing some things, writing some stuff. I do have a new poster, or should I say print out. I collaborated with the incredible artist Brendan Donnelly. I had this idea in my head, a vision, if you will, uh, this kind of trippy, psychedelic poster-like thing. Gotta call it a print, Jake. Gotta call it a print because it's not a glossy, shitty poster that you put up 
for promo. This is on a fine, super fine eggshell paper. This is the kind of shit you frame. And uh, I gave Brendan um, my ideas for this, and he whipped up this super psychedelic, trippy, fucking beautiful, beautiful print that you can uh, you could obtain by DMing me directly. We did a limited run, a small run. This is not some shit you go on the websites. It's not through Amazon. It's through the Snake Man directly. So DM me on your social media platform of your choosing, except for Facebook, because, you know, Snake Man is permanently banned from the FB, which maybe that's not such a big fucking loss after all. But anyway, DM me for the print. They're uh, $35 each. They're all signed and numbered by Brendan and myself. And the first 20 people that order the print also will get the free promo code to the new audiobook version of my latest book, The Waiting Room, written and narrated by myself. Uh, and yeah, we send the poster right out. I send the poster. We as I. I send the poster right out to you all super safe and secure. And you got this beautiful print. It's all trippy and psychedelic. Frame it. And then, you know, what's after fucking Thanksgiving... A couple holidays, but their one might be Christmas, if that's your thing. Give this super trippy psychedelic snake man print poster to somebody as a fucking, as a gift. It's too big for a stocking stuffer, so frame that shit, wrap it up, stick it under the tree. Uh, or if it's, you know, Kwanzaa or fucking Hanukkah, whatever, give them the fucking print. They'll love you. They'll forget that uh, they made you fucking eat that dry, shitty pot roast and that you were doing pills with your fucking addict cousin in the other room. No, dude, give him the print. It smooths everything over. I'm congested and I'm drinking a lot of fucking coffee. A lot of fucking coffee. I think when you drink iced coffee, you drink it faster because it's not scalding hot, burning your fucking lips. So I'm guzzling this shit like it's water. I'm going to talk about something that's been on my mind a lot lately and was reinvigorated by the recent uh, murder of uh, Philly rapper PNB Rock in Los Angeles. And I'll probably do a part two of this because it's kind of long-winded. But uh, there's a dense layer of smog. All right? There's this dense layer of smog that sits all too comfortably on the skyline uh, over the city of Los Angeles. But that dense layer of smog isn't the only dark cloud over L.A. I feel like there's been a long and dense history of uh, hip-hop artists, whether local or from elsewhere, being robbed and often, many times, killed in L.A. Uh, to me, L.A. has always been a city of mystery. There's uh, a lot of crimes to be solved. It's a very rich history in film noir, which I love. Um, you got films such as Chinatown, which takes place in the 1930s you know, starring Jack Nicholson, to uh, Trouble Man, a very great black exploitation movie with a soundtrack scored by fucking Marvin Gaye, which takes place in the 70s in L.A., uh, to films like Under the Silver Lake, which is an Andrew Garfield flick from 2019, which is like kind of like a neo-noir, which means modern noir film. Uh, but all through that, you know, the city of L.A. plays setting to continuous, unorthodox mysteries and crimes, some solved, many, many not, many unsolved. Uh, this story theme I enjoyed in films and books sadly would extend its legacy into the real-world robberies and deaths of many rappers. Uh, just to be clear, Jake the Snake, Jake Frazick, I'm no crime reporter, I'm no journalist, I never claim to be, so don't get it twisted. When it comes to writing, uh, I write books. I'm a storyteller, and I write poetry. Um, you know, if you read my books, Quicksand in the Waiting Room, you'll see that, or the other writing I do freelance, or you know, the shit I put on social media. But on Damaged Goods Podcast, I discuss things related to the arts 
And this has been on my mind for a while, like I said. And it is about art. It's about musical artists as the victims of these crimes. So hold on. Let me just drink a little more of this iced coffee that I probably don't fucking need because I'm going a million miles an hour. After this podcast, I'm about to get a heavy-duty workout on. I got to use this energy up while I got it. All right. That is just delicious. Just bitter black iced coffee. No milk, no sugar, no fucking caramel. Two scoops of fucking ice cream-ass bullshit. Just straight-up coffee. Let me stop patting my back. Um, on September 12th, which is just a little over a month ago, uh, Philly rap artist P&B Rock was murdered during an attempted robbery in L.A. at uh, Roscoe's. Now, you guys heard of Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Uh, sidebar, Roscoe's, uh, not that good. Really, if you've ever been. I mean, the chicken's whatever. Some soggy-ass waffles, dude. The yams are the best part of the menu. The waffles, if you get them, take them home and throw them in the fucking oven and crisp them up before you eat them. Just get the yams, dude. Or you're going to get better chicken and waffles at a lot of other spots. Anyways, um, yeah, September 12th, Philly rapper PME Rock. There's an attempted robbery on him and his girl at Roscoe's that goes wrong and ends in murder. And... Um, this was the recent of many incidents of the sort that made me think about this a little more, about rappers local or from elsewhere being robbed and often murdered in L.A. Now, with PMB's situation, initially, a lot of people were speculating, as they love to do, as I do too, which of us, who of us don't fucking speculate? We love to be, uh, you know, investigators and authorities on things we don't know about. <laughs> but a lot of people speculated, but it wasn't wild speculation, considering what I'll discuss later. That uh, PMBs would be robbers and ultimate killers, essentially hunted him down to his current location, which was made publicly known via an Instagram post of his girlfriend's. That the couple was at this Roscoe's. You know, it sparked a lot of people to prematurely conclude, but not, they weren't way off for this, that her posting on IG, the location, made him a target. Uh, as we'll discuss, you know. That had been the case in some other robberies of rap artists in LA, but in PMB case, you know, the possible culprits who have been arrested, you know, there's a 17-year-old whose name is not released, and uh, he's the alleged gunman. I have to use words like alleged and stuff because there's no convictions made, you know. And his father, uh, Freddie Leetrone, I can say that name because these names were in the fucking papers. Relax, dude, there's no, I'm not exposing anybody. Freddie Leetrone uh, was the driver of the getaway car, and uh, Freddie Lee's wife and the, the, the kid, the 17-year-old minor's stepmother, Chantel Trone, was involved somehow. She wasn't there at the scene. But uh, they've been arrested on suspicious of, or she's been arrested on suspicion of accessory to murder. The 17-year-old and Freddie Lee uh, were arrested as, uh, you know, for, charged for murder. Um, I wonder why the father was the getaway driver and the kid. Maybe, I don't think they anticipated it turning from robbery to murder. Maybe he was like, I'm a better driver. I'll drive. I'll let my kid go in there with the gun. Uh, a week before this happened, though, P&B Rock was on an on-screen interview with DJ Academics, everyone's favorite. I don't really know too much about academics. I just... Yeah, he's kind of corny. Whatever. <laughs> I just keep going on these fucking sidebars uh, about this shit that is really... You know, it's petty for me to say that. So... um a week before, P&B Rock is on interview uh, with, with DJ Academics, and uh, this is almost uh, like kind of haunting foreshadowing, if you will. Uh, but he's discussing all the wild robberies in L.A. that happen to rappers. He eerily even mentions a time that he felt him and his family were out here in L.A. being followed in a car, kind of insinuating that he felt it may have been a threat 
of our, or a possible robbery attempt. Uh, robberies and sadly murders like this happen in cities across the country often. And they don't make the news like this, uh, usually because the victims aren't high profile. They're not famous artists or celebrities. Even if the victims are robbed of like serious amounts of money and jewelry, it's not as newsworthy if it's somebody famous. Just like uh, two nights ago, Magnus Stallion's house got robbed in L.A. for like $300,000 worth of cash and jewelry. Makes the fucking news versus Joe Schmo getting robbed for 300000 because Joe Schmo ain't a popping ass rapper, actress, twerking and fucking making millions and doing things and killing it, you know? You, you, you make the fucking news when you, you've got a name and that's what news outlets want to report. Uh, when it's somebody of notoriety, especially somebody you might like and admire and respect, I think people subconsciously wish for the cause of the death to be something, uh, some kind of grand conspiratorial scheme, conspiratorial scheme, if you will. Almost brings some sad legitimacy to the death. Makes it less random. It's, uh, the person's not just another number, you know? Like, how could my favorite artist just get randomly robbed and killed? They had to be targeting them, you know? Which does happen, as we'll see, but so do just plain fucking robberies gone wrong that end in murder. Apparently, the alleged father-son team had been in their vehicle in the parking lot already. Uh, the Rosco, where the Roscoe's, where the murder took place, it's on West Manchester Ave in South L.A., an area with a, you know, it's, it's not the safest area for a rapper and his girl who are sporting and flaunting a lot of jewelry to go to, but uh, it's an area with a violent crime rate that's 331%, 331% above the national average has a local robbery rate of 200 people per 100,000. So that means if there's 100,000 people around in that area, which there is or whatever, 200 of them are going to get robbed. It's not the safest, most low-key area to pick, especially if you're flaunting mad jewels and you're from out of town. People kind of know that shit, right? Uh, there's a good possibility these robbers, killers, whatever, were opportunists, which all criminals have to be, right? You see an opportunity, you take it. Case ain't closed, there's no convictions, certainly not that far along, so it is technically all speculation right now. Most of these cases where rappers are murdered in L.A., the whys they were killed will vary. The robberies that turn into murders or attempted murders are often a reason. Rappers from out of town come to L.A. usually to perform, maybe to record. There's all these fucking award shows here, these goddamn circle jerks. I hate these award shows, but yes, there's award shows. And people also, let's be honest, people come to L.A. to stunt a little bit because this is fucking Hollywood. These are the movie premieres and the show premieres and the, the mansion parties. And it's not just actors and actresses, but you got musicians of all genres. You got ball players, rich people who want to hang out with them that are just business people. Uh, it is a place where you can come and stunt. You can come show off a little. Certain dudes learn these famous people, in this case rappers, are out here. And then these people become targets. For some other rappers, it's deeper, uh, maybe more the local ones. It's, it's a deeper, long-standing beefs, maybe over turf, money, what was said, etc. Uh, as an art form, you know, hip-hop has always been braggadocious on certain levels. From like b-boy battles, graffiti writers getting up on the most visible and dangerous locations to crossing other writers out. Uh, you know, from diss tracks, who could throw the best park jam and have the most heads moving. It's not what it's all about. Not by far, but it's certainly an aspect within each realm of hip-hop. I mean, think about uh, the Busy B bragging and talking shit in the early 80s, the Schooly D and later Cool G Rap, and N.W.A. talking greasy and fly-on records, uh, far before the bling era, as it would be called, you know? 
cats are talking greasy. There might be other rappers that want to clap back and rap and talk shit to these others who they think they're fronting or stunting too hard, you know? I think I should call this episode fronting and stunting. Nah, maybe not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, criminals don't rap, though. In this case, they rob. Uh, armed robbery steez, you know? If they see a rapper stunting and they hear him on the records, you know, talking, not just flashy shit, but also talking, they're talking tough, you know, perpetuating a gangster image that they may or may not really embody. These other people see that. They look at him as targets. They want to test that gangster. Oh, is he really real? Is he really about it? Well, you said all this shit on record and in the videos and on stage with your boys behind you seem pretty hard. Now you're in our city. And we not rappers. We just fucking, we're just opportunists trying to make some money. Let's just see what's up with these motherfuckers. Since these gangsters are the real gangsters, they're not entertainers, it's going to go a little different. So uh, I got a little list here for you. It's not all-encompassing. I'm sure there's some I haven't included or some I'm unaware of. So take that into account. Uh, what I'm sharing may not be the full picture here. But here's a, a little timetable of some rappers uh, who have been victims out here. And uh, if there's any I did miss, fucking hit me up. Let me know. Put the snake man on, dude. You know? Uh, March 9th, 1997. This is a pretty legendary um, day. Legendary in a bad way, you know, but most of y'all know about this. The stoplight at the intersection of Wilshire Boulevard and Fairfax Ave, which is not a bad area of LA. This is central Los Angeles, right? This is in the middle. Wilshire Boulevard, Fairfax Ave. Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, is shot and killed. And this, this murder is never solved. Um, this is a, an area where there's a lot of shopping, a lot of commerce. You know, you'd think there'd be a lot of people around. There are many theories as to why he was killed. Uh, I suggest the book Labyrinth. It's spelled with the L and the A of Labyrinth capitalized, so it looks like L-A-Barinth. Um, fuck the book with, I mean, fuck the movie, <laughs> get the book, fuck the movie with Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker, uh, oh God, it, it seemed like a really under-budgeted flick, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, the big studios didn't want to put it out, but it is just terribly made, and it's such an incredible book, it did it injustice to make that a fucking movie, read the book, uh, that's neo-noir set in LA, and that's a very big prominent murder within hip-hop history, and in L.A.'s history, and it's been unsolved for, that's 25 years. Year 2000. Compton rapper Mossberg, spelled M-A-U-S like he's German, Mausberg, Mossberg, he's killed in Compton. In 2011, rapper L, uh, M-Bone, my fault, rapper M-Bone, who's an L.A. rapper, he's killed in Englewood. In 2016, another L.A. rapper, Kid Carlo, is murdered in Los Angeles. March 31st, 2019. This is another big one. Nipsey Hussle, who's a local Los Angeles rapper, but a little more uh, internationally known than some of the ones I just mentioned. But he's very well respected, very well admired figure, not only in hip-hop, but in the communities of L.A. He's shot and killed in front of his own store on Slauson, which I've been to, the marathon many times. Uh, that's fucking crazy. This is a big murder right here. It's not just out-of-town rappers. This dude was a, a, a hometown hero. I don't like to use that phrase, but he was very well-respected and loved in L.A. And in Nipsey's case, it wasn't just a simple robbery gone bad. This was premeditated. Uh, allegedly, the man who did it, Eric Holder, did, uh, over, it was, did over a talk of snitching. 
something to the effect that Nipsey had heard Holder may have snitched on some shit. And he allegedly said to Holder, uh, we need to clear it up. So maybe dude not wanting to be labeled a snitch, which is basically like a death sentence in a lot of times, um, you know, wanted to strike back at Nipsey. Uh, this murder hit L.A. really hard. I remember when I used to do the Radio Real radio show with Dash Radio, they did a huge Nipsey mural on the side of the building. I'm like, the whole side was just his face outside. Uh, everyone was feeling it really heavily. I remember the day I heard about it, me and my girl were leaving Manhattan Beach. We're driving along the water. We're, we're passing by Dockweiler Beach, and we hear some car passing playing Blue Laces 2, which is like my favorite Nipsey song. And then two minutes later, my girl's on her phone in the car, and she sees that Nipsey got murdered. That was just fucking eerie. 2020, L.A. rapper Mac P. Dog is killed in Los Angeles. February of 2020, New York rapper Pop Smoke is killed in a Hollywood Hills rental at 2 a.m. when he gets back. The robbers were waiting for him there. And in this case, the robbers included some teenagers, like minors. We're seeing that's kind of a theme here. All they fucking got for killing Pop Smoke was a watch and a purse. Not much. Not much to, to do life for murder. And take another man's life. A fucking watch and a purse. His location was made known to be uh, public to the would-be killers um, via his Instagram post. So that's, you know, you're seeing these things. I think what, that's what led people to assume in the PMB rock murder that, oh, it was the Instagram post that got him, that got him clipped. Um, uh, but, you know, maybe. Maybe someone had the drop on him, as they tend to have on rappers coming to L.A. Maybe you were followed there. Maybe it's like, you know, they're clocking you, dude, if, if they're professional. In some cases, like Pop Smokes, no. Uh, they, th this is where people, you know, kind of take notice of something, and then, you know, uh, social media presentation could post leads it to another situation, a robbery by a murder. I also read a crazy statistic that something like three-fourths of all rappers murdered are murdered in their home city. So Pop Smoke getting murdered in L.A. versus New York kind of breaks that. But uh, L.A., you'll see three L.A. bred rappers that get killed within uh, a couple months span in L.A. right after this, which is crazy. So December 2021, Compton rapper Slim 400, he shot and killed in Englewood. Uh, Compton rapper Slim 400 had been shot nine times before in 2019 and survived. And this time he did not. It was said by authorities initially that this was not a premeditated hit or planned robbery, but a case of wrong place, wrong time kind of thing in lieu of an ongoing gang war. Sometimes I think that, you know, police, they say things like that just to kind of close the case and then maybe evidence comes out afterwards that it was premeditated or might have been connected. I don't know. Sometimes people don't want to do more work. I understand that. But I, if you're a fucking cop, you should be trying to, you know, look into it. December 2021, two weeks after Slim 400's murder, Draco the, the Ruler, I'm fucking his name up, is it Draco, like the gun? Draco the Ruler is stabbed to death in L.A. at the Once Upon a Time in L.A. festival, at a music festival in uh, Exposition Park in the city, which I've gone to music festivals before. This is daytime at the music festival. There's security at these things. Dude, I used to do security at clubs. I used to tour musically. It's tight, but it's not always airtight, especially if it's in the hometown of, you know, certain people. Maybe they got people that work the venue. They can just let him in with whatever. This took place backstage, though, before he was supposed to go on. And you think backstage is even safer, even tighter security. Uh, not the case here. Um, there's always chinks in the armor. You could still th uh, sneak things past. In this case, he was stabbed, so easier to get a knife in than a gun. 
Um, I guess a large melee ensued. Many people were there. It was hard for anyone to see who actually stabbed him. Everyone just split in, in different directions and discarded layers of clothing. I think they were, you know, clothes indicating or signifying maybe certain gang affiliations. But it was such a crazy melee, no one knows who actually did it. The speculation that these two murders actually now might be connected due to a long-standing beef between uh, Draco's crew and YG's crew, which I guess Slim 400 was considered to be an affiliate of, or an associate of, uh, I don't know, that you can determine that for yourself. But sometimes uh, affiliation is all it needs to be for you to become a target of, of a murder. Now, go to January of 2021, just a couple weeks later, Compton rapper and uh, ASAP Yams protege, Earl Swavey, is shot and killed near USC College. Supposedly, it was in retaliation for him um, reportedly opening fire at a house party and shooting five people. So this is a payback one. And then September 22, uh, 2022, PMB Rock is killed in an attempted robbery in Roscoe's. Um, just after PMB Rock's murder, a rapper, Wacko the Kid, is shot in an attempted robbery in North Hollywood, leaving a studio with his sound engineer. He's shot six times. He lives, though, in an interview with like the local LA News Channel. Uh, I watched it. He said he felt he was targeted for his Instagram posts of a, quote, luxurious lifestyle and jewelry. Um, not a murder, but a robbery. A near murder. Kid got fucking hit up six times. It came right on the tail of uh, PNB Rock's murder, which was certainly more publicized. Because, you know, PNB Rock was uh, more well-known. And like I said, that always garners more media coverage. But because this kid, Wacko the Kid, got shot and he was a little less more known, it ties into all these other rapper, murder, robbery things. So it got picked up and got a little more coverage. Um, but you see that he even, you know, admitted, oh, I think it was my Instagram post of my luxurious lifestyle. Well, then you might have to, you know, people might have to recalibrate what they want to show out there. Do you want to show that you were stunting all the time and that you got all this shit? These are tough fucking times, dude. People's ribs are touching. The economy is fucked up. Criminals are always going to do this anyway, but more people might turn the criminal route because there's less options elsewhere. And then you're starving, you're struggling, things are tough, and you see people flashing that shit on the internet, and they're telling you where they are, and you know in your heart, or you feel at least, you think in your heart and in your head, this guy ain't shit. He ain't really about what he says. I am. I know me and my people are. Let's go get paid. You know, that's where the fucking, that's where the heads will be at. That's where your mind will work to. Uh, so that was part one. I'll talk about some more of the reasons why we see this trend in L.A., in part two, some past and present crime trends about the city, and a lot of I'll talk about a lot of these many notable robberies in L.A. with some of the biggest stars in hip hop, like ones I didn't even know about, have been on the receiving end of a jux, a lick, just being a vic out here, uh, or a you know premeditated home invasion. So I'll have uh, part two coming out next week. Enjoy this. Go get the print, not a poster. Go get the print. DM me for it. Uh, you know, you like the podcast, rate and review it. Get the books, Quicksand, The Waiting Room, Out Now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You know, links in my bio, all that good stuff. And yeah, have a glorious day, dude. Do some stretching. You know, get limber because you got Halloween coming up. You want to fit in those scandalous outfits. And then get your digestive tracts ready for all that fucking food.